This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Hello and welcome to the Buckets and Tea NBA show. I'm your host, Catherine Eicher. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode. Today, I have for you, you probably know him, you probably love him, and if you don't, that probably sucks for you. It's us. It's our buddy us. How you doing? What's going on? I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, I hopefully, if you know me, you love me. If you don't, and you, you know, just stay away. There's no way. There's no yeah. way. You got, you got lots of nice cheers during our, our live event. I'm sure people. You know what's crazy? I was told about that, that I got some nice cheers, but I don't remember any of that. I thought mm-hmm. I was like, when you're on stage, you're just like, oh my God, there's so many crickets. No one is responding to anything I'm saying. And I guess apparently it wasn't like that when people were listening to it. So really? Yeah. It's, it can be deceiving. Cause like I, I hated my whole time on stage mm-hmm. and then I came off stage and everyone was like, you were so great. And I was like, I hated every second of that. <laughs> <laughs> I love the, I love the standup segment though. I thought it was I like I, for, for not knowing and just being thrown on there. Like yeah. that was so good. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. I did yeah. 10 minutes of, of standup comedy off the top, maybe longer. Actually. I think I went over a bit, yeah. but, uh, but then I will I, say standup is like, the most terrifying art form. I've tried a bunch of art forms. I've even made rap music, but stand up is the terrifying. Like, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to muster up the confidence to do stand up. What what what's some of these rap verses you wrote? What do you? Oh, uh, don't worry. Listen, no, we're not going to dive into that today, ladies and gentlemen. I, <laughs> it was a young ass. He had the he had a different beard style. I kind of oh. looked like yeah. It was not good. It was yeah. It was it was you know you know what they say about yeah. screwing up in your twenties. That's exactly what I did. Just mess around, fail. At a yeah, lot of things, yeah. You know, were you being like aspirational in your reps, like yes. just talking about Motivation. all this money and bitches that you have? <laughs> no, no, no. I was saying, I was saying, look, if I can make it, anybody can. This is the, you know, I, I, oh, okay. I feel like. I feel like I was making the type of music that would be in Creed three, you know, like right. I was gonna rap. say you're having your Jay Z Alicia Keys moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, motivational music, motivational music. That's cool though. I yeah. actually kind of like that. That's very. Oh sweet. god, it's that so you're in cringe. your twenties doing motivational raps. That's I know. incredible. It was so cringe, and it's it's funny to see the three sixty change up or like the one eighty change up from what it is what I'm doing now compared to that. But oh. hey. You know, you got to You got to find your way anyways. Right. So, yeah. I mean, when I was in my 20s, I was mainly working as a production coordinator. Like I thought I wanted to be a producer and I was like taking my career so seriously, (laughs) you know, and then I got to a point where I was producing and then I was like, oh, I actually hate this. Right. And then I took my career so seriously just to leave it Mm -hmm. entirely. So. You know, I love it. I love yeah. it. I, I, you got You got to switch it up sometimes. I feel like it, in another podcast, I'll be able to explain to you the amount of like career turns and pivots I've done. But yeah, yeah we're, we're here doing uh, uh, doing reporting and basketball stuff. So, 
Yeah, absolutely. I got to ask you one more question before we start uh, sure. diving into MBA stuff. Um, you have um, a bit more than 50% of a green screen behind you. Yes. What's going on with that? That's a good question. So I, for YouTube, uh, for my previous job, which was at the score and now for SDPN, I make YouTube videos, which is like breaking down basketball stuff that's happening, whether it be like play breakdowns or maybe a player is doing something really cool or a team or whatnot. So I s sit behind this green screen on this chair. There's a little ring light here points mm -hmm. at it. And then I can just edit and do stuff with it. Yeah. That's why I have this new computer. You know how we were talking offline? Yeah. To, yeah. To do some nice uh, video editing stuff. So yeah, I love that's that. why, that's why half the green screen, maybe for the pods, I can like bring the green screen down and then yeah. shift it over. But it almost looks like it's just your wall, but it is an actual screen. No. Yeah. Actual yeah, yeah, yeah. green screen. That's cool. I mean, maybe yeah. we could put in some of your motivational rap lyrics behind you. <laughs> <laughs> don't be sorry be better yeah, yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't know that doesn't rhyme but no, you know dude. you know it's the first bar okay that was yeah. the first bar the first bar second bar comes i don't know i don't know i'll figure it out okay Listen. i love it i don't have the skills the editing skills to do that but if anyone watching wants to give it a whirl <laughs> I should be encouraging people to rip this YouTube video, but yeah, but you know. but for this, for but this for specific this purpose yeah. only, like mm -hmm. I personally would really appreciate it. <laughs> and it's just half the wall. So, but the other half is like, wait, who's dunking in this picture behind you? I've been trying to figure that out for like ten years. I've had this this poster. I have you no do. idea what it is. Uh, but it it says the art of basketball. So I think it's like a, it's like a no name. It's just the. It's just a generic person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that's cool um did you know that the WNBA hoodie is just a generic person just a really generic woman yeah it's, it's not, not a, based on anybody it's not really? a player no and that really bizarre that is bizarre i remember that... finding that out and being like almost annoyed yeah they should they should change that yeah like, it should be... i don't know who it would be like i guess could you maybe sue bird right would that make the most yeah sense? i mean like so diana tarasi was named the greatest WNBA player of all time but that's like a polarizing pick yeah because she has like she she's not quite so extreme as like a patrick beverly but she's like in that realm right you know what i mean so like if lebron james had like a patrick beverly style personality <laughs> like just imagine how polarizing <laughs> that would be you know what i mean so maybe like the league needs a few more years before they have like a new goat and then you know i feel like candace is the most uh like overall well-received yeah like current player, right? player that yeah. is like the popular and most like well-liked yeah it would be candace parker i would be happy with a candace parker hoodie right yeah candace parker would be pretty but cool. in the past like maybe like it's a lisa leslie or somebody i don't yeah, know maya moore maybe right? yeah maya yeah. moore hoodie yeah, yeah. sorry anyone every like literally like so many men just turned off right now i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into okay we're gonna get into nba topics right now cool. so last week as uh, Ashley Docking was on the podcast and her and I were drinking as we were reacting to the trade deadline. Amazing. So now <laughs> that we've recovered from our hangover, uh, I was criticized for the way I held my wine glass. It's fine. Wait, you know, how are you holding your wine? I mean, I don't. I yeah, know like don't maybe it was like a bit more like a like a gauntlet kind of, you know, like this. That's the that's the acceptable way to kind of like this, class. but also you know, really making sure I'm not like spilling on any right. precious audio equipment, my laptop, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. But 
any case, I still thought that was funny. But now that we've recovered and we've been able to absorb all that happened, I want to know which NBA teams, not Raptors team, we'll, we'll get into everything, Raptors and Yakapurtle in a bit, but which NBA team do you feel the most intrigued by post-trade deadline and who do you think is the most in it to win it? Most in it to win it seems like the Ca- uh, Cleveland, Ca- not Cleveland Cavaliers, what am I saying? The Phoenix Suns. Uh, oh. Kevin Durant and the Phoenix Suns seem like the most in it to win it. I mean, when you have the blockbuster trade of like the trade deadline, um, I feel like that puts you pretty clear in the running for in it to win it. Um, I would say I was very annoyed about how that trade went down because I told myself, okay, I'm not getting a lot of sleep during trade deadline. I'm going to fall asleep at one in the morning. I'm going to wake up at six in the morning. I'm going to be able to maximize the amount of time I'm online and being active and whatnot. And the trade went down at one 30 in the morning. Oh yeah. I was very mad about that. Um, it, it, I don't know. I, I think for me with Kevin Durant, it, it just seems like that puts them so over the top in the Western Conference. Now, people would probably say Denver and, you know, with Jokic and whatnot, that they still have a really, really good chance. And I agree with them. But the Suns just they have so much talent now. Um, and it's all about how they're going to galvanize in like the next 20 whatever games of the season to see how they can do. That's probably the most in it to win it, I would imagine. But the most intriguing to me is probably the Kyrie Mav situation. Just because, like, the the things that follow that dude constantly just seem to be, like, this dark cloud mm-hmm. of, of like, drama. Um, and I, I'm just curious to see how that crashes and burns. I know that that's kind of harsh to say, but it just seems inevitable with everything. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's probably it. I think Kyrie and the Mavs is the most intriguing because it makes you feel like, okay – I know the ending of this. I know how this is going to end. It's like watching a show you've watched a million times and you're just trying to see, like, place oh, together yeah, what happens. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's how it Yeah, goes or like, like a couple that. you know is going to not yeah. work out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and still together somehow. You just gossip yeah. with your significant other. You're like, oh, my God, I can't wait <laughs> until this ends. This is going to be amazing. Yeah, it feels like that. It does feel like that. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Like, I think um yeah like let's talk about the Mavs for a sec like you know on one hand you know Kyrie Irving probably the best teammate Lucas had just from a pure basketball perspective yeah right but at the same time you know he's an agent of chaos like I don't want to talk about him like he's like literally the joker but he kind of he kind of is though yeah I I mean he is the NBA's version of that and you know, I think maybe just for the rest of this season, he might do really well, right? Because it's like it's a new team, new environment. He's going to have a bit of that like honeymoon phase. And then plus he's yeah. playing for like a bigger contract. But beyond that, I I do also agree as per so much evidence, this is going to crash and burn. And I wonder if like Kyrie Irving in my opinion, this is so just whatever. But in my opinion, I feel like this guy is just going to spontaneously quit basketball someday. It feels like we're gearing up towards that. Like randomly, yeah. we're going to get a Woj bomb or a Shams bomb saying Kyrie Irving has decided he's officially retiring from basketball and moving on to be. Yeah, a- out of nowhere. And it's yeah. going to be like midseason. It won't even be an injury. Like, yeah. He's going to decide he's over it one day. And, and like what he decides to do after that is probably going to be left field. Maybe he picks up stand up comedy. Who knows? Like maybe he decides oh that would be wild. And, and then he would be like that shock jock comic. 
like <laughs> yeah. that just says like offensive things to rile people up and it's like nothing no one's ever heard before no but you know it's, it's like it's oh yeah that, that that joke was good in 1995 <laughs> yeah. oh yeah 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 imagine he's just like ripping off like old like chris rock jokes or something yeah. oh my god <laughs> i hate when people do that anyways um i uh i did a show once and this guy and it was like a contest this is like earlier in my stand-up career and this guy uh won and he literally ripped off like a bernie mac set and i was livid i was livid and it was in windsor ontario so then i had to like i was in a car with other comedians like driving home from windsor ontario like late at night (laughs) and and i i i think i bitched about it for like half an hour i was gonna ask did you did you try to contest like did you try to be like that was that was bernie you know, like I was like, know? get me out of this town. <laughs> That's how I respond. I was like, get me out of this town. But anyway, I digress. Yeah, like I, yeah, the whole Kyrie thing is gonna crash and burn. Um, maybe he won't even re-sign with the Mavs. I mean, that would also yeah. be hilarious, right? Like I could see a world where he's just like, that was cute. Um, hey Phoenix, I really still want to play with my buddy Kevin Durant. <laughs> I can see that. I honestly like it. Nothing Kyrie Irving does would surprise me at this point, right? Like whatever situation happens mm. in the summer, yeah. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he goes to the Lakers, if he goes to mm. the Suns, if he ends up retiring. None of those options would surprise me at all. So, I mean, I think it's intriguing because it's like a car crash is intriguing. You know how people slow down on you know on the freeway or highway when they're like watching a, mm-hmm. a car crash it, it feels like the same thing with Kyrie Irving. yeah i can see him just playing really well just close to changing people's minds and then flipping the script yeah but with the with the phoenix suns like yeah i mean not only did they make one of the biggest mid-season trades ever maybe the biggest yeah. um I do think there's such a high IQ on that team that whatever like chemistry issues could arise, they'll figure it out. Like, I think, you know, any other team you'd be like, Oh, like they're going to need time to like play together and figure it out and figure out their schemes and this, that, and the other. But this team I believe could actually pull it off in what is left of the regular season. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think they're going to yeah. need like all of that time to figure it out. I actually think they'll be able to pull this off. And I think um, the other guys on that team are going to not have such a huge ego in comparison to Kevin Durant that they'll like, like Devin, I don't see Devin Booker being like, no, I need, I need X number of points a game or something right. like that. Like he's going to, they're all going to back off and let him Kevin Durant be him. And they're just going to, they'll be happy to work around him is what I'm saying. Yeah, I agree. And I think I think when a guy like Kevin Durant comes to Phoenix, there's this level of like, okay, this is a top 15 player all time. And the way we used to do things probably isn't going to work as much. And I feel like a lot of that happened in the first couple of years of Golden State too, where they were kind of curtailing everything towards KD. Now it stopped after a while and that's why that whole situation didn't like work out the way people wanted it to. But with Phoenix, I think I think there is this level of like Devin Booker isn't a two-time MVP like Steph Curry. So he he's not at that level where he thinks like he's better than Kevin Durant. There's no like ego there when it comes to Devin Booker. I think the same thing applies to DeAndre Ayton and Chris Paul. So I I agree. And to be honest with you from like 
the little clips that we've seen of Monty Williams and the way that he coaches, he seems like a guy that's just perfect to galvanize this team and just like motivate mm-hmm. anybody, rally the troops type. Uh, mm-hmm. He seems like a really good fit for just making sure that this team doesn't combust in chaos. So, yeah, I agree, and I think it makes the I think it makes the West like less wide open now. You know, because before I was like, you know, this league's wide open, the West is wide open. And now I'm so strong in that I really feel like the Western Conference Finals is going to come down to Phoenix and the Nuggets. Like, I'm a big believer in the Denver Nuggets. I really thought they could go all, all the way. But now with Kevin Durant and the Western Conference, that really changes things. I think with the Warriors, you know, too many things have gone wrong for them this season. Like, I think to win an NBA championship, like so many things have to break your way. And just mm-hmm. based on how the season's played out for them, I just don't see that turning around. Although, you know, with them, you never know. You never want to count them out completely. You know, the Grizzlies, I just feel like they're a bit too immature. I was saying this on a previous episode. Like, they just have, like, a frat boy energy to <laughs> me <laughs> right now where it's like, you know, they're, they're just – their eye isn't on the prize right now, I feel. Right. They would disagree. Yeah. But I just feel like they're they're a bit too immature right now. I feel like maybe they're still a year or two away. Yeah, they got a little bit too much dip on their chip. Um, yeah. It, it feels like that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I would say it go- comes down to Phoenix and Denver too. But if it does come down to Phoenix and Denver, like that's such a bad matchup for the Nuggets. Because yeah, they were... They were roasted by the by the Suns. Uh, I want to say the... Yeah, the year the Suns made it to the finals, they were absolutely destroyed. Uh, by the Suns, like th- there was just no way Jokic could have guarded those guys in in the little mid range area. Booker was killing him, Chris Paul was killing him, and now Kevin Durant into that situation. It's just like that doesn't seem like the best matchup for Denver. And I I feel like they're a team that missed out uh, during the trade deadline. Like I I kind of wish they had made that one move for me to be like, Oh, it's for sure going to be Denver. That's going to win this. And there's, there's no way, but I don't know if that move was also out there. So I understand them not doing it, but it just feels like they didn't really make anything, do anything to kind of solidify them as the number one team in the West. Well, they probably also didn't know that Kevin Durant was suddenly going to be in the Western conference. That's also true. Right? Yeah. Like if they knew like, Oh shoot. Like even like if that trade happened, you know, because like the Kyrie trade happened like the Friday or that weekend before. Right. And then right. it's like if if they knew or had more time to prep, then maybe who knows, they make a move. But that happened like trade deadline day. And then you're like, yeah. well, shit. Yeah. How do you how do you like react? How to do you that pivot? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then you don't want to do something like too hasty. Mm hmm. So, I think they I should rely, like they like they have a good core like between Jokic and and Murray and and KCP and all those guys like they have enough to to make things interesting with any team in the West. It's just like the Suns specifically are just a really tough matchup for them. The the things that they can do on the court is just exactly the opposite of what Denver can stop. So I I don't know how they. How they look in a playoff series? Um, it's kind of tough because it seems like Jokic is going towards his third MVP in a row. And if, like, I hate this conversation. I don't know about you, but I hate when it's like, oh, he should be the NBA champion if he's the MVP. Blah 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 blah. And mm. three three time MVP not winning an NBA championship. The noise around Jokic is going to be exhausting. But yeah, 
Yeah, it's true. It's true. I mean, I don't know what their like cap situation is or what they could do in the off season if they do <laughs> to a Phoenix Sun, not to get so ahead of yeah. myself, but yeah, they they do feel like now that there's like a powerhouse that maybe they are suddenly like one piece away again when at the start of the season they very much weren't. So mm-hmm. yeah. Very interesting. We'll have to see how that unfolds. Uh All Star Weekend is this weekend. And S, you're going. I am. Yeah, I'm going. I'm flying in like uh, less than literally tomorrow morning. I don't know how many hours that is. But yeah, I'm leaving tomorrow morning. Are, are you excited? I am. I'm excited uh, because obviously it's going to be the first all-star game where I'm quote unquote covering. Uh, so that is that's going to be cool. But at the same time, I'm kind of curious to see how Salt Lake City looks in general. Like what, you know, right. the, the the conception, the preconception people have of like Salt Lake City and Utah and the people there and like just the state in general. I want to mm-hmm. get the feel for it myself and be like, okay, this is this is how Salt Lake actually is versus what you've heard NBA fans talk about Salt Lake City for the Ooh, years that you've watched it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I think like because it's a smaller city, I think all the media players, all these people are going to be within like close proximity yeah. to one another. And I think on one hand, that's great because you'll have like more access to people in that sense where like a city like i don't know like toronto or chicago or something like people could be more spread out but i think right. there's probably gonna be like one strip where everyone's hanging out everyone's going to dinner blah 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 so then on that hand it's cool but if you're trying to get to know like the real salt lake city or like the real utah <laughs> you're gonna have to be like leaving this like strip and then Isn't that little and, strip of and then you can't yeah. order the pizza because then you'll be in like a michael jordan poison scenario <laughs> you know? so do you believe so, in that do so you then believe I he got poisoned for, so then i fear for you do you believe uh, he got poisoned or do you think it was more a situation of him getting a little you know a little wasted a little, a little drunk you know okay here's the thing here's the thing because i remember the rumor that he was actually just really hung over yeah but jordan partied hard all the time and he was out late gambling all the time so why was this the one time it didn't work out for him (laughs) but like we we have that as regular human beings too right we we go out all the time we come out we come back unscathed right nothing happens to us but then there's that one time that we all remember right the one time and then you're like i'll never drink that type of alcohol again yeah exactly maybe it was just a bad rum run maybe but i just i don't know i just feel like he he he's one of those guys it's like you're you're hanging out you're going out and then suddenly you're like oh i can't keep up with this guy like he's (laughs) relentless you know what i mean like that's how that's the impression i get of him that he was just like a relentless party or a relentless gambler like wouldn't stop gambling until he like felt satisfied with how much he won yeah right that kind of thing so that's why i'm like maybe the food poisoning is true because i just i don't know Yeah. Okay. I, I, I get it. I get it. I wonder what, if we've even discovered like what pizza place it was, maybe that's something I'll try. Well, to, this try is to the kind of groundwork well. you can do us. This is the kind yes, of work you right. can do while you're there. you like, you could actually dive deeper into this mystery and report yeah. back to us. Oh, I would, yeah. I for one would appreciate that. This is like a good story maybe, for you. 
Yeah, maybe I will. Maybe I will. I mean, look, if there's so many different angles for the All-Star weekend, I think the pizza gate angle is very interesting. So maybe I'll, maybe I'll follow it up. <laughs> I mean, literally just asking people if they've tried the pizza in Salt yeah. Lake City and seeing what they say, you know. <laughs> but yeah. okay, so you're going to you're going to see the game. You're going to see are you going to be there for Saturday night? Uh, I'm going to be doing a like live podcast type thing from a pub there. Uh, we're going to oh, be cool. doing like a live. Yeah, that should be fun. Um, but on Friday, I'm going to be going to the rookie sophomore game, which I believe is not called that anymore. But yeah, something along those lines. And then the Sunday game, the the main event, the all-star game. So that should be fun as well. Sorry, it got really dark in my room quickly. But yeah, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> we are do We are recording this at sundown. Yeah, it well, like that randomly got very dark. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's really cool. So you're gonna see Scotty there and all of that. I, uh, I, I love Saturday night, like All Star Saturday night, even though it's become a bit of an abomination in recent years. And I do feel like ultimately it kind of is for kids, but I still love it anyway. And so you're not gonna you're gonna be watching from your hotel room, I guess, Saturday night. I will be watching from a bar, but yes, I will be watching. I will be watching on Saturday night. <laughs> Although I, I, I think, um, I think I agree with you that it's been, a, it's kind of an abomination, but it's sort of like a necessary abomination. You know, it's, it's right. something you got to go through. Um, and even though it's not for adults, it seems like it's a lot more for kids. I feel like there's ways they can juice it up, you know, make things a little bit more fun at the all-star weekend on Saturday night. But how yeah. would you juice it up? I would do a one-on-one -on -one tournament, but you would Ooh. have to play. Yeah, but like you could only do like three dribbles or something like that. That's that's the maximum amount of dribbles three allowed, dribbles. and you have to score. Yeah, three three dribbles, and that's the amount you have to score. That's it. Damn, that's really yeah. hard. I know, but it's fun, right? Like that that kind of adds. I do like the one-on-one -on -one or even like a three-on-three. Three-on-three would be fun too. Yeah. Like as a bit of a tournament, but that would maybe maybe not so much for a Saturday night because I feel like that would take a while. But yeah. yeah, no, I agree that something like that would be really fun. Um, the skills challenge is such a bore. I just can't even be bothered. Um, but we still have the three point competition, which seems like the real main event, even though it's smushed in the middle. Yeah. Do you have any mm -hmm. predictions for the three point contest? I just know that Julius Randle is not going to do very well. Uh, he was, <laughs> Wasn't he added like today? Yeah, he was swapped in today. And like he, I don't think he's that great of a three-point shooter. So I imagine he's not going to do very well. Um, no. I don't know what my prediction would be. I think Kevin Herter is a pretty good pick if anybody is kind of looking at it. Buddy Heald, Kevin Herter, like guys who don't have to jump too much on their jump shots seem like the perfect fits. To, to pick for the three-point shootout so mm. anybody who anybody who doesn't jump a lot is is a pretty good pick to have that's a good point i uh i like kevin herter too i was kind of looking at tyrese halliburton uh only yeah. for just because i think it would be fun if the pacers got something um <laughs> yeah but that's all not not for any like real reason are you a are you a pacers fan are you um, I don't, I would not call myself a Pacers fan, but I do think they are an exciting team. That is true. Yeah. I don't like to be a fan of Eastern conference teams outside of the Raptors. 
So I it's understand like I have that. the Raptors and then I have like Western conference teams that I like. I'm the same way. It's, it's like, also like, like something. Yeah. Yeah. It's also impossible to watch Eastern conference teams because of the Raptors schedule. It's so often that like you, you have to watch the Raptors. So 7.30, it's time to watch the Raptors. 10 o'clock, maybe you can watch Lakers or Nuggets or Clippers or whoever, right? So Yeah, exactly. Um, this slam dunk contest, literally don't know anything about anyone who's in it. Um, <laughs> there's Kenyon Martin Jr. So we know he's yeah. a junior <laughs> from the Rockets. <laughs> there's Matt McClung, who's from the Delaware Bluecoats G League team. Yeah. There yeah. is Trey Murphy the third from the Pelicans and uh Jericho Sims from the Knicks. Do you have anything for me at all? <laughs> all I'll say is bringing I feel like people hate G League players being a part of this thing and mm. I disagree. I'm totally on the opposite side of things. It's like if a G League player comes and shows out against NBA guys and wins the dunk competition, it would be so freaking cool. Uh, Straight so up, I, I want that. him to win. I want him yeah. to win. I want this to be a real, like, a star is born moment. Yeah. Yeah. Because that he's would make like, this exciting again. Let me double check how short he is because he's like a short king. I'm pretty sure he's a short king. He's like 5'8 or 5'9 or something like Whoa, that. Whoa, what? No, okay, maybe not. Okay, maybe I'm over exaggerating that, but he's short. He's short. Hold on. Let's see. Height, 188 the meters. That can't in be tall. Your room have completely gone out. Sorry, he's six foot one. He's six foot one. He's six foot one. But he looks one. so tiny. He is so tiny when he is with other NBA players. So yeah. Well, do you remember? Like, obviously, you'll remember this. But during the Vince Carter dunk contest, and and Steve Francis is in it, and they yeah, had that graphic of how high off the ground. They jump. Yeah, I remember. And, and I remember his that, yeah. was always just because he's so short. It was like so impressive. I, yeah. I, I want that graphic back. I really that enjoyed cool. that graphic and I would like to see that graphic come back. I don't know. I remember with that dunk contest, they did like, uh, they did velocity and like strength of, of like how hard the basket got hit too. I don't, I don't remember if you remember that, but that, that type of stuff makes it a lot cooler. I just feel like. Yeah. We've reached the capabilities of human beings when it comes to dunking. It's just like yeah. we've seen it all. Everything is just about like the personality and the flair these athletes put under it. So if a short king comes and he dominates, I would like for him to win. Matt McCormick, yeah, he's my pick. I, I, I agree. He's also my pick. Uh, again, a star is born moment. I think that will make yep. this exciting again because now we go into it every year being like, who's the new person we're going to discover? Yeah, out of this, exactly right exactly. and then i love adding the nerdy stats like all the nerdy stats nerdy graphics all of that and then the last thing i'll add is shoot i lost it okay i lost my thought that's okay. never happened to me on this that's never really? happened to me i lost my thought it was something about okay we had the nerdy stats and yeah. then um the the star is born oh yeah okay here it is thank you so Got it's you. just not like because you you know you mentioned like we've just reached like you know human capabilities of dunking right yeah. i think like of course you want to have creativity points but i like i think there's nothing wrong with doing a dunk we've seen before but just executing it very well 
Right. You know what I mean? And I want to see these things executed on the first try. Like, right. Like it just sucks the energy out of the whole arena when you, when you do like a second or third attempt, like just let's pick guys who can do it on the first try. Like I'm so much more impressed with that. Even if it's a dunk I've seen before. I agree. I agree. I think that's like the biggest thing with a good dunk contest. Like the, the one that happened in Toronto, the reason it was so awesome was because these guys just every first dunk nailed it, nailed it, nailed yes. it. And there was, yes. this, there's this like building momentum that happens with that and it makes it fast paced. And that's just why it, it's so much better that way. Yeah. And we also saw them like, you know, kind of combining things that we've seen before and just adding little elements to it. Like when Zach Levine did like the free throw line dunk, but then he like did it also between the legs. Right. So it's like stuff like that, which is kind of like what sealed the win for him, even though like Aaron Gordon probably had like more of like the best dunks of that night. But Aaron Gordon is, is raw has been robbed a bunch of times, but I still, I still say that Toronto dunk contest is the best dunk contest since carter i would say oh for sure it is yeah without question without question yeah i agree and it probably the best dunk contest just in terms of like a battle okay i'm turning the light on give me a second this is crazy (laughs) boom all right. You're like messing around with lamps, still trying to figure out what electricity you had left in your place. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize that the light of the room was actually off. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, why is it so dark in here? It doesn't make sense. Yeah. yeah, there we go. And now we can bring back the lyrics behind you on the green screen. Yes, thank you. Yeah. So it's yeah. you could key it in right here somewhere. Yeah. There. Yeah. Yeah. Something about doing better. And then we never got the second lyric, but people can make it up now. <laughs> people can guess what, what the second bar oh, is. Man. I, I, I look at myself now and I'm like, man, like you do not look like you would even remotely be able to rap, you know, like even, <laughs> but you know, it's just funny because it's just like, there's no way if I were to look at myself in a picture, right. In like a line of people, there's no way I would pick him as a guy who can rap, but it's true. It's there. It's a capability. We got it. Yeah. I'm not going to do it for you right now. I'm sorry. I, I don't do well under pressure. That's why I will never do stand-up comedy. So there you That's go. fine. I um, So Freddie Rivas, who does the Confederacy of Dunks pod, he hosts, uh, or at least they did, I think they're trying to bring it back maybe post-pandemic now, uh, a show called Rap Battles. So it was like comedy cool. and rapping. And I did one show where I was playing, but you play like characters, right? Like you're not playing yourself. Yeah, yeah. So it was like it was like bad bitch versus basic bitch. And then I played basic because I was like, that'll be funny. And then and then the people playing bad bitch just destroyed me. I got so destroyed <laughs> in this rap battle. They even threw caramels in my face. And oh I my God. and I was like, I mean, I did well, like I didn't bomb or anything, but they just destroyed yeah. me. And then I found out Russell Peters was in the crowd. What? Really? And Russell Peters saw me eat shit <laughs> on stage in this rap battle thing. And then I was like, never, oh my again, God. never again. That was another never again story. Although I did well, but they just yeah. were like, because it's like, yeah, come on, you're a bad level. bitch and you're being funny. Yeah. It's like, you know, Saturday yeah. night or whatever. Well, if Freddie ever does that, I am down to join improv yes. and rapping are like you my should. two guilty pleasures. So I'm down. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, you got to reach out to him and make it happen. Yeah. Uh, Fre- Freddie, if you're listening to this. <laughs> he probably won't be. I'll have to message him. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, Okay, one other topic real quick before we get into Raptors. Uh, this is just sure. fun for me. I probably should have just cut it. But in any case, uh, Anthony Davis deleted his Insta. And Yeah, I, I was surprised by that. Yeah. Yeah, there's rumors that uh, he found out that the Lakers tried to shop him before the deadline mm. and it didn't mm-hmm. happen and he was really upset about it. Do you think that's true? That would make sense based on how he reacted during the, uh, like LeBron's all-time scoring game. Do, do you do you remember the reactions that, that kind of popped up with that? Like he was sitting like very digested on the bench and then he didn't even like get up to clap and all that stuff. I feel like that was probably taken a little bit out of context, but if you added in with the him deleting his Instagram and there's rumors that he's mad about them potentially trading him, yes, that makes a ton of sense. Uh, mm-hmm. Although, like, I would still be surprised if he actually ends up getting traded at any point because, like, what are you going to do after? Like, what's the what's the real goal behind trading a guy like Anthony Davis other than just, like, completely starting over and then at that point, LeBron James isn't going to be staying for any amount of time. Even though he's old, he's still going to find a way to get out of there. So it's just like you're, you're just saying goodbye to this whole core that you've built. And I don't think that makes sense very much. Unless there's like this surefire plan available. Like I, I know there was this rumor that maybe the Kyrie situation and the AD situation are similar in the sense that you could maybe move Anthony Davis and get Kyrie, but when you get Kyrie, it's like, oh my God, what's the point of even doing that if you're giving up Anthony Davis? So I don't know. I don't think that makes a lot of sense, but the tea leaves are there. That is true. Yeah, I uh, I, I agree. I think even if he like became more like public and vocal about not being happy with the Lakers, they're not going to yeah. do anything about it. They're going to do like what the Nets did last summer with Kevin Durant. They're just going to sit on it. And just yeah, hope he changes his mind and feels better about things and like recruit LeBron to help him feel better about it. Like they can't move him, but it's just very interesting. The timing of it is very interesting. And, you know, they're trying to make like a playoff slash play in push at this point. And uh, yeah, they, they, they blamed Russell Westbrook for everything. They got rid of yeah. him now and, you know, they're running out of excuses well, they've scapegoated two different people in the last two seasons. Frank Vogel was last year's scapegoat, and this season was Russell Westbrook. And, like, if things don't work out in this season and if they don't make a play-in or a playoff run, who's going to be the scapegoat after that? Is it going to be Darvin Ham? Is it going to be Anthony Davis? Is LeBron himself going to be out? Like, there's – at some point, you're going to run out of people to point fingers at, you know? Mm-hmm. So, it just it's it's not a good situation in Lake no. in Lakerland. It's always like it always seems to me that Los Angeles like just has consistent drama around it. I don't know if it's because it's Hollywood and like we we just it like attracts that type of energy, but mm-hmm. I don't know. But it's fun drama. Yeah. Unlike what the Nets were, which was not fun. But not fun in at any all. no. <laughs> uh in any case, all right, it's time for our Raptors Homer moment. Let's get into it. Yaka Pertle, you know, had a big game against the Orlando Magic. Uh, to what degree have you fallen back in love with Yaka Pertle? Where were you at with all of this? Uh, okay, so I feel like a lot of Raptors fans, uh, they got on me as soon as Yakup had those good games. They're like, ha, told you so, dude. 
that's uh i totally told you like this i told you Jacob, he's gonna be great this is exactly what we wanted and it's just like uh it's man a bit of, it's a borderline I, donald trump impression it was it was look it bled into it, i started frat boy and it bled into trump that is totally true that happens right? though that happens that yeah happens. hey yeah. they're like two sides of the same co- anyways um <laughs> Uh, when it comes to Jakob, I think initially I wasn't as happy with the trade because I, I think for me personally, I thought the Raptors, it made more sense for them to be sellers at the deadline versus buyers. I talked about that at the the Raptors, Raptors Republic live show that you guys ended up doing for the trade deadline as well. Um, but there is no question like his impact is there. They've been desperate for a center and he is exactly what the doctor ordered in that department. He is blocking shots. He's protecting the rim. He's this like middle ground guy who can make plays for you as well in the middle of the court. Like all that is absolutely true. And it has made this team make so much more sense on the court. Like they just make more sense when you watch them. It's like, Oh, that's how a basketball team is supposed to play. That makes sense. Um, so from that aspect, it's been great. I assume that they're going to kind of build up towards these, you know, last 25 or whatever games after the all-star break. And Jakob's going to be a big part of that. I think it, from, from the perspective of like, you've got your starting center for the next five or so years. It's a great deal. It looks awesome. They did the right thing. But in terms of like the future, what's going to happen with Fred, with Gary, with OG, all that stuff, there's still a lot of lingering questions when it comes to the Raptors after the deadline that I don't think necessarily Jakob fixes all of those questions or answers all those questions. But so far him as a player, yeah, he's, he's made them look great and it, it makes the fit look even better. Yeah, I agree. Like I, um, so I was at the Utah game just for fun. And um, I was so, it felt like I blinked and we lost that game. Like, I don't even know. <laughs> how that happened still like and then and then the Detroit game was you know we won but we only won by like a point and I felt like you know this is another game where we're giving away a lead and this that and the other and I was starting to feel really pessimistic and then there was something about this Orlando game that made me feel like okay we're turning things around a bit now I am still hesitant because I'm like what he had like 30 points that game yeah, it was 30 yeah. points, 10 rebounds, six blocks. He shot like he shot 70% from the field. It was yeah, it was Yeah, crazy. like it's incredible stuff, but not um anything we can expect from him on a consistent level, right? Like right. I think it's going to be somewhere in the middle. I I agree. Like it's definitely solved a lot of our problems for this season. I think the way I see it now, it's like, you know how for a huge stretch in the season, we were going through these like fake fourth quarter runs. I feel like now we're doing that to our whole season. (laughs) Yeah. that's right. right. Like we are making a fake fourth quarter run for the rest of this season. And, you know, it's going to get us into like the play in, Maybe it gets us into the playoffs, which I don't think will go well. I'm sorry. And then because it'll be against the Boston Celtics or the Milwaukee Bucks. And we're not winning either. We're not winning either of those series. And, uh, you know, disagree in the comments, but we're not going to win either of those series. And we're just going to be back to where we were before. And. Yeah, it's just, it's going to make for a very frustrating offseason, I think. 
but a very enjoyable March and April, maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe there's a little bit of like excitement that builds up with the rest of this team. The vibes, as some people said against that Orlando Magic game, like they're like, oh, the vibes are back, you know? I think some of that stuff does help, you know? Especially with the locker room that seems like it hasn't had the best of vibes all season. It's mm-hmm. it's good to be able to just kind of boost the morale a little bit, even if it means just playing a playing game or maybe playing one playoff round and you get out. I think from that perspective, it makes a lot of sense. I will say though, yeah, like you're in for a tough summer. Uh, no matter how way you 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 kind of no matter what way you cut it, like there is going to be a lot of tough conversations that have to happen this summer. And they've they've kind of kicked the can down the road, right? We thought they could make this decision at the trade deadline. And that was one option for them. It probably was the smarter option to make some kind of definitive decision at the trade deadline. But they were like, ah, I don't know. No, I don't want to do it. And and they decided they wanted to push it to push it to the summer instead. Uh, which sure, we'll see what happens. But it just it builds pressure, right? Like now, now all the decisions of this quote unquote core have to be made in the next, you know, four or five months. So it was funny when um, Masai was doing his press conference and he talked about how he doesn't like to make a uh, big decisions uh, at the trade deadline. And I was in my mind, I was like, yeah, tell that to the nets. Like they've made all their big decisions. <laughs> at the trade." Deadline. <laughs> yeah. I guess from that perspective, it probably is like, okay, maybe you're better off not making those decisions in the heat of the moment like that, because Trading James Harden for Ben Simmons. Look how that looks now. And oh, and maybe yeah. four or five months from now, we're looking at the Kevin Durant trade and we're like, oh, that's tough to digest. But yeah, maybe yeah have from you, that have point. Have you seen right. stuff about Ben Simmons not even being in the league? Like too it's much sad. longer, like after his it, contract's up? There's stuff out there. I saw like the No Dunks guys talked about it. I saw there was an article in Deadspin about it. Like, yeah. Jacques Vaughn went it's, off about how he's basically unplayable. It's, it's kind of sad, right? Because it's super sad. It's like tragic. Like it, he, it's not like it's for a lack of ability. Um, I think he's shown in the past that he has the capability to do a lot of the things that people are asking of him. It just seems like it's a confidence issue, and that is the saddest part of this is like, man, how are you? There's no way that you're going to be able to tell a guy to pick his confidence back up or like build up his confidence because that's, that's very much so a self thing that you have to do. You have to figure out how you can build your confidence back up. That's just that, that type of stuff is really sad to me that we see in sports. It's like guys who get the yips and just never recover. That's like terrifying. Like what, how does that even well, it, I mean, it's a combination of, like you said, like confidence in the yips, for lack of a better term. But also, you know, yeah. you see these random like pictures of him on like Insta or something being like, whoa, Ben Simmons in the gym. But you never really hear about him like spending an off season working on something to improve his game. Yeah, that's true. Right. That's true. Where like players that really do like thrive and survive in this league. It's like they are putting in the work in the offseason. And I just don't know if that's I mean, I, maybe he has and I just don't follow him enough. But I don't believe that he's done that. And I think like, yeah, it, it's just it is very sad. It's one of those things when so much talent out the gate where he thought, what's that saying? It's like uh, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And like you kind of you're kind of seeing that with Benson. Mm-hmm. 
Um, we've talked a bit about Jakob Pertl. We've talked a bit about um, how the season's going to go. Um, do you do you share my prediction about the fake fourth quarter run? Mm-hmm. I do. I think you're right. I think they. <laughs> I, although I think I think they do end up being a playoff team. Like I think they will. Oh, we're be. going all the way to sixth. No, I, I think they'll they'll have to fight through the play in. And then, but the teams that they play in the play in are teams that they can beat. Like, I think they For can sure. beat the Hawks. I think they can beat the Nets the or the Knicks, right? Or the Wizards, right? Wh- wh- whichever one of those teams. I think those are teams that they can beat. Uh, I think they end up being either the seventh or not the seventh, probably not the seventh, but I think they'll end up being the eighth seed. And that means a first round matchup versus the Boston Celtics, which is not going to go well ladies and gentlemen i'm sorry that's not going to be we're not going to upset this is not one of those years this is not going to be i'm sorry yeah uh, but it, it like that's kind of what you're setting yourself up for and maybe maybe that's valuable in the long run like maybe i'm trying to be the glass half full type to be like hey scotty gets experience precious gets experience these are these are important in the long run but that's probably what the raptors are gearing up towards right now yeah yeah, I agree. Um, that brings us to, I believe, our... Oh, my God, we're only 48 minutes in. Um, let me think. I was going to wrap this up, but I usually go a whole hour, S. Talk to me. Talk to me. Well, look, we got we got 15 minutes. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> is there is there... I, I know you usually do the hottie of the week, hottie highlight of the week. Yeah, is there anything... Yeah. Had anything popping up there? Is there like a a Raptors hottie of the week? Something you want to talk about? Well, I don't know. Well, here's the here's the thing. Here's the thing. Usually, I do a Nick Nurse hottie highlight of the week. I okay. start. Okay, I started this podcast before I, you know, I joined Raptors Republic. I started this podcast in 2020, pre-pandemic, and then okay. I took a break and then brought it back for the bubble, and then I've kept going <laughs> since. So you know when. When Nick Nurse used to wear like these suits and different things like that, there was just so much more going on. It was just easier to have this like Nick Nurse hottie highlight of the week. And then they stopped. And now it's just that has, and it has stopped for a very long time. But then, you know, he was still like, hey, I'm, I'm in TV commercials and I'm doing this thing. And, and, and yeah. like, like he doesn't even, okay. An observation I've made, he doesn't even squat like he used to. He doesn't. I think it might be the knees, man. I really think it might be the knees. You think it's the knees? I was like, I is he so. just sad? Is he just Maybe. sad? And like, noticed- he, he just he's just not on the sidelines with the same kind of like energy and gusto like he used to. The yeah. funny facial expressions, like all they're all gone. Things, they're all it's kind all of gone. gone, man. I know, I know. You know what he's replaced it with, and it makes me anxious watching the games. He fiddles with his wedding ring. Have you noticed that? He is constantly fiddling with his wedding ring. He's like, I don't know if you've noticed, but I notice it every time because I'm also a wedding ring fiddler. And he he's just constantly like, shit, shit. God damn. I, I, and you then know, he's like got that can... giant pinky ring that he fiddles with too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I don't know. I don't know. That just tells me that he's very... Like he's either not himself or he's very like anxious about what's happening right now because it's just like not a good season, not a good vibe. You know yeah, what's funny? I'll say yeah. I'll say this about Nick Nurse. Uh, I remember Jack Armstrong came to my school uh, a while ago. This was this was uh, like right before the pandemic, 
so around the time you started this podcast. But uh, I, I asked him, I'm like, so what's the difference between a Dwayne Casey type of coach and a Nick Nurse type of coach? He's like, Dwayne Casey is a coach for times of peace. He's a coach for times when when the, everything is cool, everything's right. Nick Nurse is a coach you go to war with. Uh, and that's always st- stuck with me, to be honest with you, because it kind of makes sense. It's like Nick Nurse is this type of guy that if you give him all the talent in the world, he's going to figure out how it works, and he's going to lead you to a, 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 the amount of wins necessary to potentially win a championship. I think he's that type of coach. But then you give him guys that he has to develop and coddle and maybe work around and you know things that we're seeing this season, and maybe he's not – like the guy to do that type of job. Maybe a Dwayne Casey type is more suited for the kind of development side of things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know how you feel about yeah. that, but that's, that's all I heard. No, I, I agree. I think a lot of us have shared that same observation, right? That he's just not a quote development coach is more or less how, yeah. uh, how we say, it. although I was talking to, I believe it was the episode with Samson where we were talking about like development is so much more on the individual player than it is just on like a coaching staff. And I feel like maybe we gave this team and this coaching staff almost too much credit for the amount players like Siakam and Fred Van Vliet. OJ Samson is big developed. on like, Samson is big on let's never credit the coaches, which I oh, agree. So do, you, do you, you agree? I, yeah. I agree. I think, I think like there's, there's a lot of the, how do you say this? Like the, people fall in love with the idea of like, oh, these coaches are the reason these guys are developed. But like coaches, just like teachers or just like people that are mentors to you can only do so much at, at some point you have to be able to put in the work yourself. You have to be able yeah, to do like things a, yourself. Like you know? A teacher teaches you how to do something. They give you the homework assignment, but you got, still have to do the assignment. Yeah, exactly. And and yeah. you have to like, you have to, you have to not only do the assignment, but you have to like enjoy doing the assignment and wanting to do more of it, you know? And some players just aren't cut out like that. Like we just talked about Ben Simmons. It's like yeah. half the battle is not coaching him, but it's also finding that motivation whatever that motivation is for him to get to that point you know yeah so you know now i'm at a point where you know i still believe nick is like a good coach um although mm-hmm. we've definitely seen our struggles this season um yeah. where i'm just like what do i do with this segment where it's like <laughs> i can't keep manufacturing <laughs> these hot highlights <laughs> you know <laughs> they used to come to me with ease What's what's right. like? Could I could I ask you this? Okay, so I'm yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna flip this podcast on you for a second. What are your hottie sure. rankings for coaches? Like where? What other coaches rank in the Nick Nurse territory or tier for you? Because now I'm, See, cause now I'm okay, curious. No, well, this is hard because like I so personally I yeah. am more like. See, I don't know Nick Nurse. Okay, so yeah, take this with a grain of salt, but I, I'm more like personality driven when in terms of like okay. hotness. So when I saw okay. him wearing like that blue suit on like the Craig Sager night, if people remember, oh, right? Yes. Like things yes, like that. Absolutely. And then he has like the guitar and all this stuff. And I'm like, this guy's hot because he's interesting. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like that's why so did, that's so why Murdoch he's missed- hot. Yeah, I get you. Did Murdoch no, the Murdoch mystery thing is take so away. cringe, so cringe, so cringe. <laughs> In Murdoch Mysteries, he's like, I'm an old-timey basketball coach. What do you yeah, want to know about basketball? Was like, well, you take this ball and you put it... 
Oh yeah, my god, yeah. it's so brutal. <laughs> and <laughs> I love I love that he loves acting. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's very obvious he is not he's not an actor. Like he hasn't no, taken no. acting classes. Like, but he's been in a few TV shows in Canada. Yeah. Um, yeah. but I like that. Like I like that he's interested in things beyond basketball because you just rarely see that, especially in a coach. Right. Like coaches, it's just like, I live and breathe basketball and this is my whole life. My family's here, but whatever, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's it. And he just has like all these other like interests, like interests, like he plays guitar, he plays piano, he sings, he listens to jazz. He, you know, all this stuff. Like you hear stories about him, like in the finals, he's at some like obscure piano store in San Francisco and stuff. And it's just like, that's <laughs> cool to me, but like, right. we just don't yeah. get those moments anymore. Yeah, it seems like we've taken away his fun. I don't know. I agree with you. It's it seems you know when like your job becomes a job and yeah. it just feels like that might be what's happening to Nick Nurse, you know? It just feels like he's a job has become a job for him. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm sure he still loves being a coach, but it's just Yeah. Yeah, I think the way this team has been constructed and who he is is just isn't suiting his strengths right now. Can um, I list coaches? and you tell me hottie or naughty yeah not not naughty just hottie or not hot yeah you're not i tried to make i tried to make tie to rhyme it clearly my (laughs) rap skills are off um okay uh let's say okay talking about personalities first guy that pops up phil jackson hottie yeah or not yeah personality wise he's a hottie he's also tall which helps he's a tall dude yes yeah yeah, um Let's see who else is up there. How about Steve Nash? He has a personality outside of outside of basketball. Ooh, For a coach, he's like- a hottie. He when he, when he by the time he retired, he figured out his hair because as a player, he <laughs> never knew how to style his hair, what kind of haircut to have. He just it was just a yeah. mop on his head, you know, like the whole yeah, I know. In, in his prime playing years. But by the time he became a coach, he figured out his look. Yeah. Wasn't that in, though, at the time, like for white boys to do that type of hair, especially with like the the fallout boy phase and all that stuff? I don't know if he was big into fallout. Boy, but I don't but, like, but it wasn't I mean? styled as like bangs. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I think yeah, he just didn't know what he was point. doing. That's I think a good he just point. didn't know that's what he was doing. But that's okay, I'm that, trying to think. Like, you're giving him too much credit, giving him like a whole emo. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'll I'll give you another one. Let's say um how about Monty Williams, Phoenix Suns head coach, since we were talking about Kevin Durant. Mm. Well, he he comes across as a real sweetheart. Right. Yeah. Very I'll nice say guy. that very nice guy probably would want to work with him um i don't i don't know he doesn't really do it for me but maybe i don't (laughs) know enough about his life okay he comes across a bit religious i'm not very religious so that's just like he does seem he does seem pretty religious yeah yeah but i respect it you know because i i don't think he's like discriminatory or anything but you know it's yeah. just yeah okay well let's do oh. let's do let's do okay oh here we go okay oh, i have one more the, the, this yeah. man was rated the hottest coach in the nba steve clifford steve clifford yes Hold he on. was he was he was he is the uh the hornets coach right now i know it's going to sh- surprise the hell out of you when you search him up no 
he was rated the no. <laughs> this is lies rated by who? I, I don't know i don't know i don't know but, but doc no, rivers also I, I think i think him and doc, doc rivers, rivers were like a, a two-way no. tie that's a no He's that's a no. a no he's a no um okay the old hawks coach before their current one what was his name lloyd something oh lloyd pierce he was he is that was is that his name lloyd pierce yeah, he was a bit hot. Okay. Um, and then Will Hardy on the Jazz, although he does have like a slight serial killer look to him. The previous coach kind of gives serial killer vibes. Quinn, Quinn Snyder. Snyder. Yeah. yeah, but then his voice is like his speaking voice was so California, like the SNL skit Californians. Like that's how he sounded <laughs> when he spoke, which softened yeah. him a bit. Right. Yeah, okay. I got you. All right. So I wild think- stories. I think Wild stories about Quinn forward, Snyder if you haven't Googled it. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Like what? That, that's just that's for a different do, thing. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. We'll put a pin in that. But I will say going forward, I think this might have to be a Raptors hottie highlight of the week. So I can actually use something that like organically happened yeah. <laughs> in the week. Um, like for example, like Gary Trent Jr. at that like KFC court you know, really having a great time with everyone. Like to me, that's like yeah. a real hottie highlight. That was cool. That was really cool of him. That, that, uh, like his ability to connect with the city uh, at yes. that moment, especially like right after the trade deadline. Yeah. That was, that was really cool of him. Yeah. Really also a, like kind of assured me that he like likes being here, mm-hmm. you know, cause like I've been like, Prior to the trade deadline, I was like, I don't think Gary Trent Jr. wants to stay. I don't think he's been happy with being like in and out of the starting lineup and then losing and all of this. And I think he would want to maybe move on somewhere else. But he's really showing that he he's happy here. And I love that. I agree. I agree. And I hope I think like my my opinion on Gary has completely flipped. I think at the beginning I was like, oh, there's probably a chance he gets traded. But now I, I think he should be. Uh, a raptor for a very long time yeah i i also completely agree and i think like you know just for the listeners the hottie highlight is not necessarily about being hot yeah but it's about doing hot things there we go makes sense like like having a kfc event exactly i know i made it about being hot with the coaches that's not what that was fun that was fun i i i don't mind that You also went like current and all time, you know, you didn't even mention like Spolstra. No, Um, no, I didn't. No, no. Popovich is like not hot, but I also would love to be on a dinner date with Popovich. Yeah. He seems like a really cool dude. You know what I mean? Like I would love to have like, like a bottle of wine, not just a glass, a bottle of wine with Popovich. I think that would get uh, just conversationally. I think that would be interesting. (laughs) Just conversation. I agree. I agree. I agree. Okay, S, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Wildly entertaining. We went a little all over the place, but I love it. Remind, Remember to get those lyrics to us. Let's get that on the green screen behind <laughs> you. And uh, for people uh, listening and watching this on YouTube, uh, let us know what you're up to and where we can find you on the internets. Uh, yeah, you can just follow me on Twitter at just S Barahini. You can do all that stuff, do some great work at SDPN sports, doing some covering of the game. And obviously, yeah, we'll be, we'll be in Salt Lake city for the weekend, trying to cover the all-star game from outside the arena. So if you see me, come say hi. Really looking forward to how you find the pizza there. I will. 
that's gonna be that's gonna be a storyline right there. I promise don't, you. Don't don't die on us. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Appreciate you. All right, bye. bye.